good evening and welcome to another episode of the Psych Ward. My name is Dr. Darian. I am here with my lovely assistant, Nurse Cyanide. Nurse, how are you this morning? I am fantastic. You sound very chipper. <laughs> you always sound very chipper. What you're like four hours ahead of me though, so you probably three hours. Th- well, you've been up, you've had breakfast, uh, you probably went to the bathroom and stuff like that. So I, on the other hand, literally just <laughs> crawled out from underneath a rock. So as I always I've only sa- been up for half an hour. I always sound like I'm on drugs <laughs> with you on these shows. <laughs> All right, I'm nurse. Who do we have on the uh, on the waiting list today? Today we have Pamela Voorhees checking in. Oh my lord. So young. So pretty. Oh, what monster could have done this? Bill's out there. Oh god, this place. Steve should never have opened this place again. There's been too much trouble here. She suffers from delusions, which are possibly caused by schizophrenia, maybe due to a mental break when her son died, and she definitely has an unhealthy obsession with her son. Absolutely. I think we could also throw dissociative identity disorder in there. Yes. Uh, Yes, for sure. She's definitely schizophrenic. She's hearing voices and acting them out as well. So those are definitely symptoms of a psychotic break. Uh, Mm -hmm. we We have just a smorgasbord of issues here. Oh yeah, predate. Sure. I, if you ask me, I think they predate the death of her son because, first off, how do you give birth to something like that? What what kind <laughs> of? Uh, I mean, seriously, I'm not trying yeah. to like make fun of retarded kids or anything, but that is like, I mean, you've you've seen the movie and the yeah. Ari, what's his name Ari? Um, oh god damn it! He played the he played the kid in the lake. Okay. Uh, he's now a a legendary uh, um, reggae. He plays the guitar. You know what the guitar <laughs> is? Yeah, guitar is awesome. <laughs> that's that. That's his whole gig. He plays that thing in a uh, reggae band. Um, but the, the amount of birth defects. And I mean, like I could see if you have like a Down syndrome kid, I could see still sending him to camp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But I, I, don't, I don't know where to begin with what's wrong with, with young Jason Voorhees, because he <laughs> yeah. is jacked up, Mandy. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what the rationale b- behind Pamela Voorhees is sending him to a regular uh, summer camp. Best Maybe ca- they didn't have special camps back then. Okay, but even then, I mean, that's all the more reason to not send him to camp <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you should have him like chained up in a basement or anything like that, but <laughs> holy cow, best case scenario. Best case scenario I think is the other kids make fun of him and he goes uh running into the woods crying. And that's yeah. that's that you know, you track him down after a couple of days, he's okay. That's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is of course he drowns in the lake and becomes a prolific undead serial killer, which is Yes how things went, which worked out pretty nicely for us <laughs> and the rest of the horror community. But Jesus Christ. So I don't, and on top of that, what's wrong with you that you gave birth to something like that? You know? Well, it's probably like nature, right? Some things just get deformed. I, yeah. But on that level, <laughs> holy cow, man, I could see like a cleft lip or some clubbed feet or something like that. That is like, 
like a, almost like a Chernobyl baby, I think. Could also be like the dad, too. Maybe he was like fucked up. And that's something we never, I don't think we ever get into in the franchise. Is where, who, no, I don't think so. Who the hell was Jason's dad and what happened to him? That's There's re- a lot of like fan sites and stuff that have like background, but I don't know if that comes just from fans writing it or if it comes from actually like, you know, the writers and producers and stuff of like the movie franchise. But there is mention of like his dad and I guess how Jason's dad used to beat his mom and then was like just douchey to her. And then she was also like hearing the thoughts of her unborn child while she was still pregnant with him. And then the dad left and then it was oh, it was like she went to work at the summer camp or something and then gave birth to him while she was there. But then I think maybe that's why she sent him to the summer camp later. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't seem like that they would have that necessarily the writers of the movie would have put that much backstory into their plan, right? <laughs> well, no, of course not. I mean, the original script written by Sean S. Cunningham was as he is more than happy to admit to a blatant ripoff of Halloween. Yeah. And I really it's just kids being cannon fodder for a serial killer in the woods. Oh yeah, exactly. Which is fine. I still dig it. Uh, watching the movie recently, though, yeah, I hate to besmirch it because it is such a classic, but it's really not that good, man. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's funny because, like, I love, well, I love horror movies and I love cheesy 80s slashers. And watching it, I was talking to my husband, and I'm like, I don't know why. Because when I grew up, I sort of, me and my best friend sort of kind of just picked Freddy over Jason, I guess it's just, you know. That was our franchise. And I think it was more due to like the humor and the wisecracking and whatever. And I don't know why we never really got more into Jason. And then watching like this one, especially, I'm like, well, I mean, it is the first one, but it's also like, it's really slow. You know, there's a lot of like the off screen stuff, which I get, which is kind of cool. But yeah, like you could tell in comparison to Halloween where it's all the, from the killer's point of view, Mm-hmm. or you don't really see anything and it just really feels like a lot of that and then suddenly it's his mom like it's this old lady which i get like that's different but it's also like it's just weird it is it's very <laughs> strange um yeah I, there's a lot that i don't understand about this uh number one how is it that a bunch of 20 something year olds could not overpower an old lady yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's, I mean, I get it. There's an element of surprise. and The uh, best scene, I think, is when Pamela Voorhees is attacking Alice. And <laughs> it's in like that, like, sort of, I don't know, boathouse storage or whatever yes. room. Uh-huh. And she's like, just coming at her and, and she's just like, grabs like a ball of twine and throws it. And it's like a, the tiniest thing she can grab her hand on. She's just like, take this, you know, spoon I found and yeah. throws it. And Pamela Voorhees <laughs> just like knocks it away. And then she grabs her and just like slaps her around <laughs> but i'm like that's the best thing you could come up with is to just throw like a ball of twine and this tiny little thing that could fit in your hand and just the smallest things you could find around you yeah. you can't just like rush her and like tackle her or, like push her down no way and walk past no way it reminded me of the scene uh in uh Shaun of the dead where they bring out all the weird kitchen stuff and start throwing it <laughs> yeah. at the zombies it's like come yeah. on man <laughs> And then eventually the records. <laughs> yeah, of course. And they have to go through and pick which records they want to pick, keep. And <laughs> yeah. It's it's very silly. Um, yeah. Something else about the movie that I found, found quite humorous. I watched it a couple days ago also. The use of the stab face. I know I've talked yeah. about this before, but when you cut to killer POV cam 
and you don't have much of a special effects budget, you really have to sell the the death with just a facial expression. And these yeah. are not, I mean, let's be honest, Mandy, these are not trained actors in Friday no. the 13th Part 1. These are kids that they got to, to get in front of the camera probably for nickels Captain Bacon. Over the well, at that time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, but when you rely that heavily on uh, the acting ability of what really is just a bunch of extras and yeah. their ability to sell, you know, knife penetration with nothing more than a facial expression, you get some really silly stuff. I think there's got to be like a uh, a Benny Hill montage out there of these kids <laughs> getting stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> if I think not, that... I'm going to put one together. The one of the worst ones was the chick in the shower, or like she's looking through the showers, and then she gets like the axe to the face. Mm-hmm. But when she turns around and seeing the killer, she just kind of like closes her eyes and has a look like, "Oh man," <laughs> not like it's a look of scare, you know, and terror. It's just like close her eyes, like "Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, it's great. But some of the the worst parts of this movie, and I, I again. Inmates, bear with me. I do not mean to besmirch Friday the Thirteenth, but if you, I find that if you watch it like today, you'll agree with me on most of this stuff. But the worst part of this movie comes after the killer is revealed, and then we have some horrific overacting by Betsy Palmer as she tries to sell us the uh, grieving mother slash psychotic break. My boy was drowning in the lake while they were making love. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. She almost goes back to like Shakespeare in the park for, with this stuff. Did you ever watch Crystal Lake Memoirs or Memories or whatever it is? I did. It's like three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> um, they talked to her in it, and I guess she was originally like a stage actress. Oh, yeah. So I think that that's where the overacting probably comes in. She didn't know how to like dial it back for a movie. <laughs> she she didn't know how to dial anything back, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. What did you What did you think of the original Friday the Thirteenth? I like I said I have a soft spot for eighties and I guess late seventies slasher movies, mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's. I think that if it wasn't a part of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, if it was its own standalone movie, that people probably would have forgotten about it. Probably it's because it's you know sparked the whole Jason thing and. Otherwise, people probably would have just been like, nah, it was like, okay, at the time, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have held up and probably wouldn't, you know, be watched that much anymore. But I do, like I said, I do have a soft spot for those, so I do still love them. I just, I love them because I love watching them because they're, they're funny and they're entertaining to, to me. And just like the, you know, the cheesiness of them and the I... weird, like, 70s and 80s, you know, like way of acting and like obviously because they're camp counselors so they just don't care and they're just hanging around and doing whatever and like they have the the strip monopoly game mm-hmm. and then so the one chick just grabs her clothes and then throws on the raincoat to run back to her her cabin in the rain i'm like why don't you put your clothes back on before you go out in the rain well that was bizarre of course but we need we need a, a little more screen time with the boobies mandy yeah but she had a coat on so i know had, like, which, a raincoat is, on. which is weird <laughs> i know <laughs> I don't, you're asking me to explain this like I have some idea of what the hell I'm talking about. I have none. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I dig it. It's, uh, you watch it these days and it's more like a, like a time capsule, I feel like. Yeah, not exactly. so. I mean, you, you get the, the 80, early 80s fashion and the, the, the nostalgia and everything, but 
really it's more i feel of a glimpse back into the history of um slashers in general because this is one of the ones that jump-started the entire subgenre oh yeah for sure you you can kind of you can kind of see the the echoes of halloween in it in the pacing in the way the 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 stealthiness of the killer and the the big difference is that in this one we didn't know who the killer was until the last 15 minutes as opposed to a halloween where it was kind of laid out for us uh very nice and neat up front did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed the counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. I don't know that if... that I believe when this one was first made, there were sequels already in the works because this was a huge box office success. Yeah. But some of the other plans they had involved uh, a story with Jason's dad coming back, involved one where one of the the other the surviving counselors has a psychotic break and starts killing people. Um, the, I'm glad that they went with the route that they did in actually bringing Jason Voorhees back because yeah, without him, I, we we can't have Pamela Voorhees as a <laughs> franchise slasher. No. You know what I mean? Plus, we no. see her get beheaded at the very end, so. Going to be a tough sell bringing her back. Well, that doesn't really apply to, like, movie logic, I guess. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, she could have done a switcheroo on us or something. I don't know. Or, like, you bring in the whole, like, supernatural angle. Yeah, that's true. I, which is something I, I was always curious about and why we never really got any kind of an explanation or even an exploration into what it is that keeps Jason running. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. I remember listening to this other podcast, How Did This Get Made, where mm-hmm. they just sort of like rag on bad movies, which is a hilarious podcast, by the way. But they did uh, Jason in Space, and the one guy kept saying, you know, all his notes were like, what is Jason? And that's like, you know, a really good question. Like, is he a zombie? Is he a supernatural being? Is he, you know, a demon? Is he just like... A ghost? Like, what, what is Jason? That's a, val- it's a really very good question. Defined. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. A lot of people uh, a lot of people like to say he's just a zombie that has mastered uh, tools. I don't, I'm not buying that. I don't think he's as... He's you a never zombie see that kind of goes dormant for a while. And like never eats anybody? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Zombies got to eat people. people. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, uh, I think it's probably, it might at this point be better that we don't know. Because if you remember, I think it was Halloween Part 6, they tried to bring in the supernatural element with Michael Myers and explain him as yeah. this weird Sam Hain demon or t- something like that. And it didn't really make a lot of sense, but no, I wasn't a big fan of that. I think with Michael Myers, it makes him more scary if he's just like a human. I agree. Evil incarnate is as Sam Loomis described him. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't need, like, supernatural elements. He's just scary enough as as a regular human, because you're just like, holy fuck, this guy's just a human. <laughs> and he does not die. You can shoot yeah. him as many times as you want. It doesn't matter. He's just that exactly. that angry to where he can keep getting back up. Yeah, exactly. And at a certain point, you would think that the town of Haddonfield would just hand him Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Here you go. Get the fuck just out of here. Her. Yeah. Just take her and go. You've killed like <laughs> half our police department, wrecked I don't know how many houses. Just stop. Here she is. Yeah. They're sacrificed. Just take her and go. Which brings me to another question. How many how many times are we going to reopen Camp Crystal Lake? If yeah. Every time we do, everybody gets killed. 
Well, and I love the fact that like when Ralph shows up at the ca- like at the in the kitchen or whatever, and he's like, <laughs> "You're all doomed," and I was like, "He fucking told you. <laughs> he, he did. Told all of you guys. He was like, you are doomed, and you're just like, nah, we're gonna stay." And he's like, "I fucking told you." That's true, but I think the <laughs> the real question is, how long was he standing in that closet? Yeah, he's just standing. He's there just hanging, waiting for someone to open it. No, how long have you how long have you been in there, Ralph? What are you doing? Are you trying to find something to eat? I'll help you out, but get out of there, Jesus Christ! Yeah, exactly. He biked all the way out there. Yeah, to like stand in the closet to wait for someone to open. It. <laughs> all doomed. All right, buddy, we got you. Come on out of the closet. Yeah. Exactly. See, that's that's one of the things. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm not picking this movie apart. I know I keep saying that because I'm not, but I feel like I am. Uh, but that's one of the things in this movie. It's like a WTF moment. And yeah, you know, I'm sure at the, at the time it was frightening because here's this creepy old guy hanging around a bunch of kids. But now you watch it and you're like, why are you in the closet, man? What? How long yeah. have you been in there? Yeah, exactly. Why are you just hanging out in there? There's there's a lot of that. In, not only in this movie, but throughout the entire Friday the 13th franchise. I want to yeah. say it was part uh, three, two or three, the one where the kid in the wheelchair gets it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that part, that, that's, one, that's another one, because he gets, he gets killed, kid in the wheelchair. You expect him to survive because he's handicapped, but they kill him anyway, which is fine. And then he rolls down the stairs... Does like yeah. three laps around the, the cabin and then down onto the docks and then out into the water. Yeah. That, that is impressive for being yeah. in, a, in an unmanned wheelchair, Mandy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Holy cow. And half the time he's going backwards. Yeah. I, I couldn't pull that off on a skateboard. And I have use of my legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was working the day that it happened, preparing meals. Here. I was the cook. Jason should have been watched every It's it's just the way it is, man. It's the way the, the franchise supernatural runs. like elements at Crystal Lake that handled it. Totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than any explanation I could come up with. So in the like at the beginning of the first one, so it starts in fifty eight, which is I guess when we're assuming that Jason died, right? And they only show like two counselors getting killed in it, and then it cuts to like the new one, so. I guess like with it being filmed in '79, so we're thinking about then. So you know, twenty-ish years later, mm-hmm. that they're like, okay, well, we'll just open it, you know, again, and everyone's calling it Camp Blood. Like, what makes you think that people would send their children there? I know. Like twenty years is still a pretty fresh memory, and most of those people that would have children age, you know, are old enough to have remembered <laughs> what happened last time. Totally. So why would you be like, oh yeah, there was a summer camp? You know, maybe they went there when they were a kid, or you know, that their parents or whatever thought about it. And then they're like, oh, that's opening up again. Yeah, let's send our kids there. Yeah, that's strange. Um, I mean, I'll I'll write that off for the first movie. But after that, it's like every year, everybody gets killed. 
they uh, hose it down, clean all the blood up, and then reopen yeah. it immediately. And they got a whole another fresh batch of kids in there. And then it starts turning into like weird Crystal Lake Industries and oh yeah facilities it, and stuff built on top of it. It's like a whole you know cottage industry out there. I think really yeah. the guy the the guy you want to be in business with is like the coroner because he's always mm-hmm. busy. Oh um, yeah, exactly. You could you could be like an EMT and stay busy, but you're not really going to have anything to do because the guy's already chopped to bits by the time you get there. Yeah, right. Be selling body bags. Yeah, I I don't know if that's a thing or not, but seventies, uh, eighties <laughs> probably make like good money selling body bags. If you could be like a marijuana dealer, I think you yeah. would stay in business because those kids always had weed on them. Yeah. Um, maybe like uh, if you had like a sleazy kind of a convenience store that you where you sold alcohol to minors, you'd probably do just fine. Yeah. Pretty pretty good times, yeah. man. Because that's like the other part of it, too. So they're all kind of like sinning, right? Of course. Because they're doing drugs, they're drinking underage, they're having premarital sex, and it's sort of like, you know, they're all sort of sinning when Mm -hmm. they're being killed. So that was probably like part of it, too. You know, 1979, 80, you're kind of getting into like that culture where you're like, oh, you know, if you're not a good person, then you could get killed out in the woods. Just stay out of the woods. You can mm-hmm. be a shitty person in a city and be just fine. Stay out of the exactly. fucking woods. I, I, Although you know, Jason makes it to Manhattan. Oh, don't get me started on that. It was on a field trip. That's my, <laughs> I love that because it's like he gets to go out and explore. I like it. <laughs> I actually like that one too. I, re- I realize it's a terrible movie and it is probably the biggest disservice to the franchise, but I still dig it because I just like wa- watching him walk down alleys and stuff my like that. My favorite part is that like there's just an open barrel of toxic waste in a back alley in New York City. Of course. It's New York <laughs> like... City. Why why would there not be an open barrel of toxic waste? Yeah. So and the the amount of drug needles that you can find on any yeah. given street corner is absurd. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, this brings us to our, our new favorite segment, Darian Interviews Mandy, about things <laughs> that have to do with Hall, uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Mandy, have you ever been to a summer camp? Um, I've been to summer camp, but, so, like, two different ones. So, I used to go to, like, a day camp one. Okay. When I was, like, I don't know, maybe a little bit younger, so, like, 10, 11, 12, around there. And I had a couple day camp ones in town. Where you'd kind of go for the day and you'd still come home at night. And one was like creative arts. And so it was all just like arts and crafts. And oh, very cool. All that kind of thing. And then the other one in part of school, there was this sort of like kind of like a cabin type one um, at a lake outside of town. And you go for like, I don't know, maybe five days type of thing with like your class. But unfortunately, we went in the winter. So it was really kind of sucky that way. I would imagine <laughs> and, like, so. Yeah, and you had like it was you had like a slot bucket so you put all your, you know, food waste in it and we put it outside at night and it froze and we lucked out because our class was like a split class, so there was a smaller amount of us. So it was just me and my best friend in the one cabin. Oh cool. Which is kinda of fun. It was just like having a sleepover mm-hmm. for a week. But you had like a barbecue outside and a fire pit and I think like the cabins just had like maybe a fire to keep warm. They weren't very warm at night and it was just kind of really sucky going to one of those places in the winter. So that was the only time I ever went to a summer camp. Why would you have a camp open during a Canadian winter? I imagine the winters get pretty harsh up there. Yeah, I think it was probably not like in the heart of winter. It may have been like springtime. But like, you know, they're like, oh, there's winter activities. So you can go cross-country skiing and 
I remember playing, um, like, I think there was Capture the Flag we had once, and then we played, like, sardines that night out in the woods, where it's, like, hide and go seek, but one person hides, and then when you find them, you hide with them until there's, like, one person left. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it's, like, opposite, I yeah, guess. Yeah, kind of. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to do it in a Canadian winter, but other yeah. than that, it sounds great. In the woods in the dark, because it was at nighttime. <laughs> yeah, great. There's grizzly bears and stuff up there. And you're yeah, playing a game called Sardines. It's perfect. Bears hibernate. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'll just go, <laughs> I'll just bundle up next to this one. He looks all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is scary stuff, dude. <laughs> Mandy, what is your favorite movie of the Friday the 13th franchise? That's a tough one. Um, I'd have to say, and I'll probably get like, you know, torn down for this, but I like Jason X. I like Jason in space. I think it's it's hilarious, and I think that it's, I almost feel bad for him in it, because there's, like, the hologram part where they trick him back to, like, being at Camp Crystal Lake with the chicks, and he's got, like, one in the sleep bag and sleeping bag, and he's just, like, smashing her over and over, and he can't kill them, mm-hmm. and then he, like, realizes it's a hologram, and he just kind of, like, looks sad afterwards. <laughs> oh, sad, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jason. But the funny thing with that one, so there was the TV show Andromeda, mm-hmm. and the the chick who played like the spaceship because the spaceship had this AI or whatever is like the main, one of the main chicks in Jason X. And then the chick who played like one of the, um, I don't know, like not captain, but one of the other like space pirates people or whatever they were in Andromeda plays like the Android in that movie. So they had like almost flipped roles in it. So that was kind of cool. Right on. Who do you believe won in the fight between Freddie and Jason? Freddie. You think Freddie? (laughs) I'm Freddy's girl. Freddy's got my heart, man. I oh, to... God. You and it, he is... winks at the end. What is it with winks. chicks and Freddy? Everybody loves Freddy. All the ladies love Freddy. Well, there's that porn where he had dildo fingers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but he winks at the end. So that, that's what you're basing the win on. Yes, because as Jason's walking away with his head, Freddy winks. Winks at the camera. I'll buy yeah. that. <laughs> I'll buy that. I mean, I don't know how else you, I don't know how you would rationalize Jason winning. Because clearly yeah. that's still a nightmare if Freddy's winking at the camera, right? I think a better Freddy versus Jason movie would have been them competing for body counts. The, Not what? so much as like Freddy using Jason to bring him back and then, you know, kind of using him to kill people for him. I think it'd be better if like it was like a competition between them. If you get a chance, do some Googling and find some of the original scripts for Freddy versus Jason. There's a lot of there's one that's very similar to that where they're kind of cooperating with each other but some of the stuff they came up with one of them involved a cult of freddy worshipers called the fredheads <laughs> Oh my god Yeah right but I mean some of this is interesting the original ending to Freddy versus Jason was going to be the two of the <clears throat> excuse me the two of them fighting in the middle of Crystal Lake as it kind of swirls around them and kind of becomes like this maelstrom and then they sink down into hell and they're still going at it down in hell, and then a bunch of hooks and chains come out of the flames, and Pinhead pulls them apart, which oh, I, yeah. I think would have been badass, but they couldn't, get, pretty cool. they couldn't get the rights to Pinhead. But Yeah. I am Jason. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Where's Mr. Christie? 
Oh, I couldn't let them open this place again. Could I? Not after what happened. I, th- I, I, I mean, I would love to say that Jason won that fight, but I don't, I don't really see any logic in that at all, especially with the wink at the camera. Yeah. So I guess yeah. you're, I guess you're right on that one. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Mandy, do you enjoy camping? Um, I used to when I was a kid. Uh, we used to have like a trailer at this campground um, where everyone would have like you know your little lot, and you'd put your RV or whatever trailer or whatever it was there. And I used to go a lot, and there was like you know other camp like spots near us. So it was like cousins and my parents' friends and. There was, like, a whole little community out there, and it was fun. Then I went camping more, like, tank camping as, you know, a young adult and in my 20s and stuff, and I don't like it as much. <laughs> I don't like being cold outside at night. I don't like bugs. I don't like getting eaten by mosquitoes. It kind of loses something for me. I'd rather kind of just maybe go to a cabin and stay in a cabin and not so much camp. Glamping, as they call it these days. Yeah, I guess. I feel you there, my dear. I'm ex mil I used to enjoy camping until I went in the military and they're like, We're going camping, you dig a hole in the ground and you climb in it. I'm like, this is really being in the sucks. military the whole time, basically camping. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But now my wife is like, Let's go camping and I'm like, You go camping, I will stay here and watch T V. Yeah. There's air conditioning, there's no bugs. There's a microwave. Uh, I can watch yeah. Game of Thrones and play Mortal Kombat eleven. And, comfortable uh, yeah you you go sit by the fire there sweetie enjoy yourself yeah exactly it's crazy man mandy are there any like in or around the thunder bay area are there any urban legends or anything that would would rival like a jason Voorhees type of a guy not really there's there's like a haunted kind of campground but it's more like lots where you would park like a trailer an rv and it's because there's like the river, and that's the one that Trowbridge Falls, where I went ghost hunting at. But mm-hmm. it's not really like legends of people being killed or anything for there. It's just because people would go out there to kill themselves. Oh, and okay. so I guess it's their ghost <laughs> that haunted. That there's no, there's not really any kind of legends like that, and we've never had any serial killers in my town. But, hmm. but you do have a suicide hotspot, huh? Yeah, I guess so. That's that's always <laughs> fascinating to me. <laughs> But I mean, as a hotspot, it's probably like three people. Probably oh, really? Out there. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's not really a hotspot. It's just like no. happenstance, really. But yeah, still, I exactly. guess, you know, <laughs> if you need something creepy to, to hang around, that's a good starting point. Yeah. Right on. Well, this concludes our, our segment, Darian Interviews Mandy. Mandy, <laughs> what are your closing thoughts on Pamela Voorhees and Friday the 13th? I think that Pamela Voorhees definitely had some kind of you know, schizophrenic delusions about her son because she's doing the whole, like, you know, kill them, mommy, kill them, Mm -hmm. with the weird, creepy child voice. Um, I don't know if maybe it was some kind of supernatural thing with Jason, you know, with all the other movies after it, where maybe it's like she was sort of channeling him or had some weird supernatural connection to him. Mm -hmm. She was definitely, you know, an overbearing mother, like, bizarrely obsessed with him mm-hmm. and one of those like smother mothers i guess and felt like she was avenging his death by killing teens that were having premarital sex instead of paying attention to children although in this one because they're talking about reopening it but she kills them all before the kids even come there so it's like you don't know that they're gonna not 
pay attention to the kids. Maybe they're all actually good counselors and you just killed them for no reason. Uh, I think I'm going to err on the side of Pamela Voorhees on that one. These kids <laughs> seem like punk asses to me. I'm sure they're, I mean, I'm sure they're, they're regular, you know, kids, which is, to be honest with you, if I was a camp counselor, I'd be trying to, to get on the other counts, counselors too. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and I hate to, I hate to admit it, but if I see a young troglodyte looking Jason Voorhees headed towards the lake and, you know, uh, Misty or whatever her name was is leading me back into a cabin for a blowjob. Eh, that 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 kid's just gonna sort himself out. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. there, there's other counselors on duty right now. We'll we'll be all right. I think that um, the as far as the character of Pamela Voorhees goes, I think the issue started a long time before the onset of this movie. As a father, I can tell you that if I were to lose one of my kids, I would probably uh, have a hell of a time dealing with it, especially if it was due to the negligence of somebody else that was supposed to be caring for them. Um, that being said, I don't think I would go on any kind of a psychotic killing spree, or at least I like to think I wouldn't. I can't say for yeah. sure. I've never been in that position. But um, I think the issues that that led to, to the killing spree started long before Jason died. And I could easily see her going on some kind of a killing spree, even if he hadn't died. Because, yeah. again, we have this horrifically deformed child. So there's, there's something wrong with her physically to begin with, if she's giving birth to something like that. Uh, on top of that, we have the rationale that tells her it's okay to send him to a regular day camp, or overnight camp, I guess, um, with regular children. Which it's not. I hate to, I hate to you know, sound like a curmudgeon, but... You got to admit, if your kid looks like that, he is not going to have a normal childhood. And the harder you try to push him to have a normal childhood, the worse it's going to be for him, I feel like. Oh, yeah. So the rationale there is flawed. Um, I, I feel like she was well on her way. But at the same time, you have to think about the pressures of dealing with a child like that. We never actually got to see what Jason's behavior was like before he died. But I'm sure it wasn't normal. You know, I don't know that yeah. he was like torturing animals or anything like that. But at the same time, I mean, just looking at him, you got to know that that kid doesn't belong in with regular kids. I mean, surely there has to be some place like a hospital or something, <clears throat> excuse me, where you can, he can interact with people on a more social level that are, you know, going to be a little bit kinder to him, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So I think she was on, on her way to some kind of a psychotic break leading up to that. Obviously, the death of her son didn't help anything. But I feel like um, whether it was a, a killing spree after Jason's death or, you know, uh, capturing and torturing one of her bosses for being a prick, some something was going to happen with Pamela regardless. Um, mm -hmm. unfortunate for the, for the counselors of Camp Crystal Lake that it had to go down the way it did. But fortunately for us, cause we got a pretty kick-ass and somewhat comical, uh, slasher franchise out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts on Pamela Voorhees? Young um, Mandy. I think that it was kind of like a good sort of twist to have that in the first one. Mm -hmm. And it probably wasn't really expected from movies, you know, late seventies, early eighties to have like an older woman. Be, be the one who was like a serial killer so i think that was kind of like a good idea on on their part and i am glad and agree with you that they didn't keep it up with her throughout the rest of the franchise yeah it would have got very silly 
It's funny mm-hmm. because watching it, I watched it a couple of days ago, and one word that came to my mind about the movie was giallo. Are you familiar with giallos at all, Mandy? Um, those are like the seventies Italian ones. Correct. No, I'm oh, still here. Oh, okay. That was the end of my sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of giallos, but the pacing for Friday, the original Friday the Thirteenth, was pretty much on par with the giallos. Uh, if you don't know inmates, giallo is actually Italian for the word yellow. And the reason these movies are called giallos is because they're all based on pulp fiction novels that were wildly popular after World War II. Um, they, for some reason in Italy, all these books, these pulp fiction novels had yellow bindings, thus they were known as giallos. But uh, basically what they all involved was a killer that was killing people, um, usually young, attractive ladies. And in the books, there was like a a little gimmick they used where the killers always wore black leather gloves. And you never got to to see who the killer was until the the late latter parts of the third act, when it was always revealed that the killer was an innocuous character from the first act. This movie, if it had been Italian or the the acting had been a little more cheesy, I feel, would have fell nicely into the giallo uh, subgenre. Sweet, innocent Jason. My only child. Jason. You had him drowned. You never paid any attention. What you did to him. Look what you did to him. Alrighty, I think that's about going to do it for the week then, Mandy. How do they get a hold of us if they want to? So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at PsychWardPod. We usually have some art up um, that has to do with the show. And if you have any suggestions for, you know, upcoming episodes of people you want to see us sort of dive into the psychology of, then for sure, slide into our DMs. Get all up in there, (laughs) dirty people. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you again for joining us. This has been the Psych Ward here in the Padded Room Podcasting Network. Join us again in a couple of weeks for another deep dive in some of your favorite horror villains. <laughs>